some that are rejoicing and having a great time, and for others, uh, things are a bit harder. Uh, I don't know if today is a day of joy for you, you've already had a good time and you're looking forward to what the rest of the day holds, or if actually this Christmas is a lot tougher, this Christmas a lot more difficult. However you're feeling this Christmas, in the next few minutes, I want to give you a challenge. And it's a challenge not because I want to change the mood if you're having a great day, or to weigh you down with more if you're finding things difficult, but I want to give this challenge because I think this is the challenge of Christmas. This is what we should be thinking of and being confronted by on Christmas Day. I'll give the challenge in a moment, but just before that, when it comes to the birth of Jesus, there's lots of questions, aren't there? Lots of incredible things, unlikely things happened when Jesus was born, and they make us wonder about it all. We have angels announcing his birth. We've got wise men who fall down on their knees and worship a young child. We've got virgins giving birth and stars acting as homing beacons. And it sometimes, that shouldn't surprise us. I'm, sometimes, I'm surprised when people say, well, I can't believe in a star moving across the sky or a virgin giving birth. God's only become human once. And it makes absolute sense that that occasion would be marked by some special one-off events. But this morning, I'd like to share with you one of the things that I find most incredible and most unlikely in the first Christmas. And it may surprise you because it's none of those big things that I've just mentioned. It comes at the end of verse 7. And if Megan can put it up there, at the end of verse 7 it says, because there was no room for them in the inn. The baby Jesus had to be wrapped in cloths, had to be laid in an animal's feeding trough because there was no room for them in the inn. I want you to think about that for a moment. If you know the story of Christmas, you may be very familiar with this part, and so it may not jolt you or shock you like it should. But if that's the case, just pause for a moment and think on it. There was no room for Jesus in the inn. This is the creator of the world, and there's no room for him in the inn. This is the one who came down from heaven to save us, and there's no room for him in the, in the inn. This was, as verse 11 says, the Saviour and Lord, and there's no room for him in the end. This is the, one, this is the reason why virgins gave birth and stars moved across the sky, and yet this is God the Son in human form, and yet we're told there was no room for him in the end. How can that be? Do you see the contrast between the big events that showed how important this birth was and the fact that the most significant life to have ever lived on this planet had arrived contrasted with the fact he didn't have anywhere to lay his head when he arrived? It's so striking. How was there no room for him in the end? But before we judge them too harshly back then, today would be a good time for us to make the question more personal and to make it more up to date. And so this is my challenge for you this Christmas. How much room do you make in your life for Jesus? Genuinely. How much room do you make in your life for Jesus? All of you are here this morning, so presumably you, you make some room for him on Christmas morning. Uh, a lot of us here come on Sundays, so maybe we make some time on uh, a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. Some of us say grace and uh, others of us don't take the Lord's name in vain. But how much room do we make for Jesus in our lives? 
And I want to challenge you further on that because I want you to think about what making room for Jesus looks like in your life. Because making room is something that a lot of us today are very familiar with on Christmas Day. We often have extra family coming around or extra friends coming around for a meal or a get-together, and we've literally got to make more room, more people to fit around the table or more chairs brought into the lounge. And when we make room like that, all we're really doing is adding one more thing in an already packed area. That's not what I'm talking about when it comes to making room in your life for Jesus. Not just adding him to as one thing amongst many in your already busy life. I'm talking about reorganizing the whole room around him. I'm talking about putting him first in the middle and then fitting everything else in life around him. And that may mean changing things. That may mean removing some things. But he's the non-negotiable center and all the rearranging depends on him and what's going on there. That's making room for Jesus in your life in the right way. The uh, title of the Christmas services this year at St. Stephen's has been A Stable Influence. That's what this means. In a world full of unstable things, temporary and fickle things, Jesus is the one thing that's permanent, the one thing that doesn't move, the one thing in your life you can be sure of that won't change. That's why he needs to be at the centre and everything else fitting around him. Because as our reading said, he's Saviour and Lord. And so again, I want to challenge you this morning, is he that in your life? Is he the one that sets the direction of your life? The one who influences every decision and action you take? Is he the one that you ultimately live for? That's the room that we should make for him. That's the stable influence. He's too important to play loose and light with, and Christmas reminds us of that. I don't have to tell you that there are so many things in our lives that crowd Jesus out. Things that we give such prominence to, that we give all our time and money to and treat as so important, and yet they have such little eternal significance. We get the wrong priorities. Christmas is a reminder that there's far more to life than just your job or your possessions, or your house, or even your relationships, because all those things change and they come and they go. Not Jesus. Jesus came as a human to live the life that we couldn't and to die the death we need. And this Christmas, I want to challenge you to make room for him. At the first Christmas, the shepherds made room for him. The wise men made room for him. But at the end... They missed it. I pray that we would learn from their mistake and make sure that we've got room, not just this Christmas, but as we move forward for the one who's Saviour and Lord. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the good news of Jesus. I thank you for the difference that it makes, not just today, not just for this life, but for eternity. And I pray that we would make room for him right at the centre of our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've got a treat now because we've got the musicians and uh, Tim and Elaine to perform an item. What's it called?